What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and welcome to episode 1033 of AskPat 2.0. This is a podcast where you get to listen in on a coaching call between myself and an entrepreneur like you. And you can apply, actually, to be coached just like you're about to listen to with Lewis today, Lewis Diaz, he has a podcast agency and it's beginning to grow, which is awesome, but there are growing pains like scaling and losing profit and, you know, those kinds of things. So we're going to get into that. But by the way, if you want to apply to be coached like Lewis is today, all you have to do is go to askpat.com and you can check out the application button there. And by the way, before we get to this call right now, I do want to thank today's sponsor, which is FreshBooks, because, you know, one of the biggest problems related to running your own business uh it's actually paperwork, right? There's a ton of paperwork that has to happen. And by paperwork, I mean dealing with all the business admin stuff that comes with working for yourself, whether you're a single person, solopreneur sort of situation, or you have employees. It doesn't really matter. This includes your finances, your income expenses, especially invoicing. It could, it could be just a massive headache if you don't take care of it. And thankfully, we have tools like FreshBooks to do that for us. Literally a stress reliever. The folks over at FreshBooks make ridiculously easy-to-use cloud accounting software designed specifically for people like us doing freelancing or running their own coaching business. And what's really cool is their interface is so intuitive. It's like they just know exactly what we need because they do. They have tons of conversations to make sure they give us the best kind of situation for managing our business finances and all that paperwork. Um, they have this new proposal feature now, which is really cool, where you can outline your project, your scope of work, and timeline. So now, in addition to billing, what about using FreshBooks to get new jobs? You can use it for that now too. And if you want to check out FreshBooks for 30 days for free, a complete free trial, all you have to do is go to freshbooks.com slash askpat and just make sure you enter askpat in the how did you hear about us section. Awesome. Now let's get to today's coaching call from Lewis, who uh, is also a freelancer and kind of doing his own agency situation. It's starting to grow, but they're growing pains. Let's solve the problem. Here we go. Luis, welcome to AskPat 2.0. Thank you for being here. Pat, thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited to uh, get started today. Yeah, this will be great. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody listening in and um, like, who, who are you and, and what do you do? Cool. So I guess the short story is uh, my name is Lewis, obviously, and um, I run a podcasting agency. So it's, it's mainly geared towards um, fitness entrepreneurs. And so right now I work with around 12 to 15 uh, fitness entrepreneurs and we do everything for their podcast. So that's from audio production, editing, um, uploading, posting, creating graphics uh, for social media, uh, email swipe files, mm -hmm. everything. And uh, been doing that since October. And it's been going well. However, as we've picked up clients and and started to just get busier and busier, I'm starting to realize it's it's getting harder and harder to scale the revenue without scaling the um, the, the the cost of providing the service. Mm -hmm. So I feel a bit stuck um, from uh, just from from like my perspective from where I'm at right now. Um, however, uh, I mean that's yeah that's the short story. I'm to get to give me some background. I've been podcasting since I want to say 2016. Mm -hmm. Had my own fitness podcast. Um, really enjoyed it, and then started doing. Um, the back end for another pot, a larger, much larger podcast for free for about 10 months. And I kind of learned the ropes um, of how to run someone else's show. And then I turned that into an idea or turned that into, a, into the business in October um, with, with other people so in, with similar situations, similar needs. 
in a similar industry. So I felt like I could provide much more value because I understood the, the, uh, the clientele and the, and the content type. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of my backstory, um, and about the business and, uh, and kind of where I'm at right now. Okay. So for you, uh, how would you describe like the biggest pain that you're going through right now? Um, I'd say the biggest pain is, is organization. So the people I work with are all contractors. So I have like no employees technically. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they kind of feel like employees of to course. a sense, cause yes. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always, uh, communicating with them. So the biggest pain point I'd say goes, goes into like the organizational things. I'm starting to realize, you know, working with more people, there's a lot more smaller details and hiccups and there's things that, um, I guess extra services, um, that I'm realizing are starting to cost be more costly as far as like overhead. So, um, a few weeks ago I moved, uh, moved to Entreport for just like, customer service software just to upgrade that system mm-hmm. so that was a big expense um so i'm starting to realize that uh, a lot of the little things um are starting to eat away at my profit margin which obviously when i was a solopreneur doing this on my own with like three or four clients it was the, the money or the money i was charging which i'm right now i charge um so now i charge 750 per per month mm-hmm. um uh, back then when i had a few clients you know, and I was only doing myself and there's no other, not really much overhead. The, the revenue seemed good, <laughs> right? you know, but right. now it's starting to, it's starting to catch up and I'm starting to realize, you know, like I have to a raise my price, but I also want to be able to provide, um, you know, 10 X the value or else it's very, it's not, it's not, um, for me, I don't feel like it's easy to, uh, command a high price. Obviously, if you're not, you know, really, really over delivering on the value for sure. For sure. Uh, pricing is where I wanted to start, which I'm glad you mentioned. I was going to uh, question you on the pricing based on what I know with podcasting and, you know, 750 is, 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 a, is a good amount of money. But I, I think for what you're offering, and it sounds like this is justified, you're not just raising the price to raise the price. You're raising the price mm-hmm. because this is how you're going to continue to grow and better serve your audience. Is there any resistance to raising the price or is that something you knew that you just needed to do? Um, I No, I mean, I, you know, coming from... Uh, so I, initially I started charge $500 and that was okay. Obviously when it was only me, but, uh, no resistance. I'm tr- trying to find a way, I guess, to, to justify the price. Cause I'll talk with, with prospects sometimes. And a lot of times this will come up Pat and they'll be like, okay, well, can you, you know, there's no guarantee in this, that this will work or, or, you know, and this is obviously a long game. So I guess setting expectations for the client and saying, Hey, like, you know, this is going to be I take a year or so for you to to grow this thing and actually, uh, you, you know, podcasting like it's not a overnight success thing. Of course, it's, um, you know, it takes a, few, a while to get some traction. Um, so I think that's a hard sell initially, even though they they coming on the phone they they already know the value or else they wouldn't of podcasting or else they wouldn't be there. Yeah, that's um, interesting that they're they're kind of. It almost seems like when you're having these conversations, they're like, oh well, like this, m- the marketing of it. And the success of it is is like based on you, Lewis, not, yeah, not them. Exactly. Even though that's yeah. the truth is like, well, okay, like that's their response. Like your product, the seven fifty or whatever the price is going to be. There's a very specific outcome that comes out of that, and that's what you're providing, right? And perhaps this is actually a good opportunity. You know, like okay, well, that's that's the base price to get the podcast up and running and have it continue to run for you again, so that you don't have to do those things, but. We also offer or partner with these other things or we, we offer these other services that can help make it even 
more likely that it will get in front of more people and it will, you know, so those becomes, those become other offerings. Like I think that for podcast services, a lot of times it's, it's just simply the upkeep of the show and everything else is the other person's responsibility. So it's, it's interesting that they're bringing into the conversation the, well, I don't know if this is going to work out or the marketing, like that's, Mm -hmm. that's not your job. Exactly. Yeah. That's the hard thing. Like I do want to provide a great service. I definitely want to be able to get their show out there because, you know, the audience having a great audience and, not having crickets essentially is what most podcasters that's like the biggest question I get from clients. Like how do I grow my audience? Mm -hmm. Um, so I do offer actually consulting calls to help them give them strategies, help them plan content, um, one hour per, per month. And not obviously not every entrepreneur or every, uh, one of my clients takes, takes me up on it. But, Mm -hmm. um, the ones that do, I find that they don't, uh, implement obviously because they're busy right. um, as well as they could. So, so yeah, that's, that's another thing I'm you know, really looking to um, figure out like what's the, what's the higher tier pra- package I could offer and provide more value to them um, while not scaling the, the expense at the same time. Just trying to create that separation between, you know, more overhead and, and, and profit. Right. And I, I don't know if we can determine what that is today. That's going to be a lot largely yeah. based off of <laughs> your clientele and what you know they want and, and those mm-hmm. kinds of things. I mean, you could offer for people who have product and merch, you know, a website uh, that works in conjunction with their podcast page that includes, you know, Shopify and, you know, you could offer them those services as well. I mean, you're, you're creating a, a full on, um, not just, you know, the podcast is just one part of it, but there's other aspects to the podcast that can help them serve their business, like the merch and, you know, all those kinds of things, the marketing of it and, um, you know, getting on stage or, you know, mm, booking yeah. guests and other, other things that can go with, uh, along with it that would justify a much higher price point at, at, at like a top tier package which could then frame and anchor you know the quote lower price packages which would make you allow uh, like allow you to charge even more so i think i think you should definitely raise the price for for one and that'll help you obviously with your profit margins but i think another part of it is like how well are you feeling with the management of uh your team your contractors i know personally that mm. When I was a solopreneur, it was so nice because I didn't have anybody else to worry about but myself. And so my results were reflected on me and me alone. So if right. I wanted more stuff done, I would just work harder. But then eventually you break. And mm-hmm. when you're working with people, yeah. it's it's tough. Like how are you feeling with, with managing all that? Uh, how, like where's your head at with all that? Uh, great question. That's like my next biggest thing. Because obviously I have people in the Philippines. I have people in you know in Europe mm-hmm. that work with me. So it's it's um, trying to f- like the communication and trying to be a leader has been a huge change. So now I've run with now I, I have worked with like five or six people. So trying to be a leader in all this is also a big a big challenge coming from being a solo operation. So my head well, where that's at right now is I need to feel like I feel like I need to get better structure. Um, as far as checking in with people mm-hmm. and I wanted to pick your brain on this a little bit as far as like setting up, setting, um, you know, stringent times, I guess, you know, how would you go about setting up that with contractors so that you can check in and make sure, okay, this is getting done. That's getting done. Um, you know, and, and things are kind of moving, uh, along as they should. Yeah. I mean, honestly, at this point in my business now, cause I've been doing it for a while, I don't worry about those things because I have a person that worries about those things for me. Right. Like Mm -hmm. a project manager, that's their responsibility. And that alleviates a lot of weight off of my shoulders because then I can focus on more the relationship building or the big idea things. And I don't have to worry about being in the weeds there. Now, you're not likely there yet. Maybe maybe you are. Maybe one of the contractors, you can have them step up and kind of take that role as sort of 
lead production manager and then and you know mm-hmm. all the other ones are kind of the smaller ones under them who report to that person and that reports right. that person's the only one that you talk to um it it could be set up that way in the future and maybe that's something to strive for but in the interim i know that one thing that really helped me was being very clear with setting those expectations up front with how i wanted to feel comfortable knowing that things were getting done right so for a while, it was like a daily report that that person was responsible for sending to me on everything that they had gotten done and completed. That way, I can make sure that things were moving. Um, yeah. And then a little bit uh, over time, I started after I got to know some of my contractors initially and, and realizing that, yes, they were always doing good work. And I, then I wanted to give them a little bit more freedom. So as opposed to just, hey, tell me every single thing you want me to do, I would go, well, here are our goals. Like you find ways to solve this problem and even better. Now, I know that in particular working with people in the Philippines, um, having contractors there myself before and actually being part Filipino myself, it's hard to get those people to step up into a role that they that, that aren't in their job description. Mm. Um, so, so where you can really benefit from that is having the SOPs be really, really detailed and to the point so that there are no room for questions. It's like, this is how we do it. And this is how it gets done. Report to me every day and make sure that these things get done. And, and you would, you would know like what the output would be. And, and if they're reaching those levels, because they're reporting back to you. And th- that, that was nice because we, we would only have one-on-one conversations once a week and only okay. talk about things that were, were not going to plan or things that could be done to improve the plan we already had. Everything else was already taken care of the way we're supposed to be. So the standard operating procedures, the way that this is how you scale an agency-based business is you have a specific way that you do what you do that gets to be essentially cloned with every single person that you have come on. Um, right. And, and I don't know if where you're at in, in that process. I mean, there's many different ways to create SOPs. Um, you know, when you train somebody, come on board. There's just a bullet point list of, okay, like when we edit a show – this is a, like, here are all the steps you need to do, and it should take you about this amount of time. And if it's not, like, we can find where we can improve it, and if you can do it faster, then great. We'll find other things to do, too. Um, are you at that level, or, ha- like, mm-hmm. are, where, where are you at with all that? Yeah, so we, we have a Trello board. So we, have a, we have an onboarding Trello board, which basically goes through, like, all the training for their specific role, whether they're a show note writer, mm-hmm. a podcast manager, or an audio engineer. Um, we'll take them and, and show them how to communicate with us in Slack and, and also how to – all the checklists for every single step in the process. Yeah. The the pain that I'm having with that is that I have – I've over like a dozen or so clients and everyone's show, obviously, as you know, is a little bit different. Everyone's website, when we upload it there, is a little bit different. And it's like these little details and making sure we keep – track of all these little details um is have is is a problem uh it just it's a challenge right now so i wanted to get an idea of would you standardize the offer like this is how we this is what we offer and then that's it or would you allow some flexibility in there with clients personally i would i would i would keep it set and allow for flexibility only if they pay for it okay does that make sense yeah. So we had a yeah. guy on the on the SPI podcast. I don't know if you listened to it, but his name is Brian Castle, and he owns a website called Productize. So he teaches people how to productize their service. So basically, taking their service based businesses and saying, "Hey, client, instead of working with you to build a website and we sit down and we kind of jam on it together and we create this thing from scratch, here are the four different options you have. 
to choose from. Which one do you want? And anything additional beyond this, you're going to have to pay for. And that way, it's very clear which product is working, which one is most popular. Which you know, and and the products are based off of what he knows. So he, for example, he um, he was helping build websites for people, just mm-hmm. all kinds of people. And then he went, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna narrow it down. I'm gonna build websites for just people who own restaurants, which helped a little bit. But then still, you'd have those one-on-one client calls, and every every website was different, and you know everybody's needs were different, and the upkeep for his yeah, his, it was just insane, like what you're going through. And then he said, okay, you know what? We're just going to create like three different versions of websites, and it's already going to be like pre-done and very simple to manage and, and be done with. And when we get a client on, on board, we're going to say, here are the three that we know will work best for you, and you can choose the one that you you want, and then that's that's it. And if you want like the super fancy menu that will take some time to upkeep and you know requires my team to come in every single month and do it in a way that's different than these three things – well, then you're going to have to pay a little bit more each month um, to, to kind of justify and offset those costs. And um, that, it's just it's, – it's, it's a different kind of business. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a productized service. But if you know that there are certain things that you know are just the same every time, then just make those the product. And anything right. addition okay. is, is, the, is the add-on and would help with those additional kind of like uh, non-normal costs. Right. Yeah. Cause it's, um, it, yeah, that's exactly what I need to do. Cause yeah, it's been, it's been a headache. <laughs> Cause I would imagine like show notes are going to be different for everybody. Right. Cause it's not, yeah. um, and, and there, there are other elements, uh, too. So you, you could say, you know, he, here's our standard operating procedure and he, and this is what it costs to do these things in these, in this kind of way, anything that's different and off of this, it's going to come with a price because, and you're, you, it's not just because you want to charge more is because you have to charge more. Right. Right. Like exactly. you, you have to, or else your business is going to go underground. <laughs> right. Yeah. Simple as that. Right. And, um, and what's a person going to say to that? Okay. Well, they're, they're going to say, okay, well then don't do it that way. Like out fine. I'll do it the normal way or mm-hmm. I have to do it this way. So yeah, I'll give you more money to do that. Gotcha. Yeah. That that's gonna, yeah, I'll, I'll get started on that tomorrow. Um, my, Next, I'd say pain point, or not pain point, it's this opportunity I've seen arise, but I don't know really how to capture it. Okay. Um, and that's, and that's, I mean, I've seen all these other companies that do this. That is, um, you know, guesting. So finding other podcasts for people who may not have a podcast to get on. So um, people start to know that I, I have my hand in a lot of shows and I'm friends with a lot of podcast hosts. So they're starting to, not, not intentionally, but just reach out to me and ask me, hey, like, you know, think you can help me get on this person's show or, you know, how do I get on more shows? Yep. And so I see a big opportunity there, uh, especially if I'm very niche in my industry, the fitness industry. Absolutely. Um, uh, so I'm trying to figure out, like, I don't know how I can, because obviously I can't guarantee, from my perspective, I can't guarantee essentially that they'll get on the show. I can give them an email intro and I can, you know, put the, you know, write about them in a good light. But, um, but yeah, I just want to get your thoughts on that. If there's a product there or if there's a way to make that into a, something that provides value for them and the podcaster. Yeah. I mean, it it can be a win all around, right? Because if you have somebody who wants to get another show and they would provide value to that other uh, interviewer, then, you know, you're basically just the middleman who's going Mm -hmm. to benefit from marrying the two together. And, you know, it could work on both ways. It could work on, you know, you know, a podcaster who's looking for great guests and you know, great guests and vice versa. Right. So you could become that hub and there are services out there like interview valet and, and a number of others that, do work and those businesses have been around for a while. So I'm guessing that they're working, but having it be very 
niche specific is a unique angle, and I've never heard of anything like that. And I think it might be worth exploring. And the nice thing about a business model like that is you can just try it once and see if you like it and see if it makes sense. And if it's great, then you can begin to productize it and systemize it. And if not, you can just be like, all right, that uh, that worked once and it was weird and I'm not going to do that again. So you can yeah. you can just try that out. Like that's the beauty of that kind of business. You don't have to build out a full infrastructure to make it happen. It's just connections. So right. You can you can just try it and, and see. And you can even go to a buddy and go like, hey, you know what? I have these. Um, you know, I know, I know you're looking for podcasts and I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm helping provide service to other fitness, uh, influencers out there to get on big shows. Like, you know, yeah. how much would you pay me to have, you, you know, to make a connection and, and you would only pay me if you got on the show kind of thing. Mm. Uh, that's never, it's an angle I never even thought of. Yeah. Just like, yeah, if you don't get on the show, you don't get, you don't have to get, you don't have to pay anything. Right. Um, this is risk free. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a huge one. And, and you might get pushback like, wait, you want me to pay you? <laughs> right? In which case, you would have to know how to answer that, right? True. So True. just doing it is going to teach you, okay, this is okay. This is like what I need to know and, and how it's going to work out. And like, mm. you know, it would just tell you what to do next and allow you to validate that you would want to keep going or not. Right. Got it. Um, so this is funny because this has actually happened today. This uh, so I spent around three three hours or so just, and I think this goes back to probably your project manager answer, and mm-hmm. I think I have someone in that in that role ready nice. now. It's just um, a matter of um, saying the right, ex- exactly, yeah, formalizing the, the process. But um, you know, I spent three and a half hours on just like minor details on a couple of clients, and you know, that's time I could be using towards marketing, cr- producing content for my new show. I mean, all kinds of different things, you know, following up with leads, uh, connecting with people. So, you know, trying to keep myself out of the, the weeds, like, you know, tweaks on audio and, you know, graphic, you know, little things about graphic. Uh, there was something about, um, Google play being down. So I had a client, you know, contact me about that. <laughs> uh, you know, simple things like that. I mean, how just, I guess my real question is setting like communication standards with clients. How do you go about that? Yeah, because obviously anybody could reach out to you as many times and whenever they go like, yeah, I just need this small change, it's never a small change. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, exactly, yeah. you know, I think that there's a number of ways to go about it. Um, office hours, like, hey, you can only reach me at this time, but during that time you can ask me to do anything. But in one where it's more personalized help for per- people's personal websites, it's, it's, it's harder to do it that way, in which case you could um, – have people have a certain number of kind of requests that are that kind of come with the package and then anything more would cost. That's one way to do it. Um, you could have those inquiries come in and you don't see them first, but your project manager does, in which case they would go, okay, um, I could fix this really quick or, you know, this person can fix it really quick. Let's, let's not even let Louis see this, that this happened. Like that's just a part of what your team would do is help put out fires before you even smell the smoke. Yeah. That's a big thing. Yeah. You know, so like that's ideally what you want to shoot for, like have somebody be there to be there, the, the, the sort of stop blocker for any of those things that come before they, they reach your way. And that just becomes something nice that you know is happening in the business because, and it's, it's a service too, right? Like, like, like you're at the point now where you can tell a client, you know, Hey, when you have a, when you have an issue come in, uh, my project manager sees it. And they assess uh, 
uh, whether or not you know they can take care of it or hand it off to somebody else, and we'll we'll work to get it done within X number of hours. I think that's another expectation that you want to set too. It's like yeah. okay, how long before I get responded to? Um, if you have a system in place like Help Scout or something like that to uh, accept those um, tickets so that they're managed a little bit better, because that that can become a problem when you get a lot of people asking you a bunch of things. Um, servicing yeah. them in the right order can can matter too uh and, and keeping track of the turnaround time is important too um per, uh, and then just setting the expectation expectation like okay and you know what if they can't solve it i'll be there i'll be there for you but we have a whole team that's dedicated to helping make sure these problems are solved but we're going to work to make sure that you don't have any you know that you don't have to do that very often Right. Yeah. I think that's where I'm, I'm slipping up because I'll have some clients text me, some clients contact me on like, like you got to, right, you got like gotta, to gotta have a very specific place where they go if they have questions Exactly. and it's yeah. likely happening, happening because you're helping your friends out. Right. And they're just like, you know, texting you like, Hey Louis, like this thing on my website broke. Like, right. Right. And, and I'm then, like, well, <laughs> yeah. And then you can go, okay, uh, we'll get it taken care of. Put the inquiry in, you know, helpscout.com and We'll uh, we'll get it taken care of as soon as we can. Thanks for letting me know. And then you just leave it at that. Like, kind of for those people, you kind of have to train them that there's a new way to do it. And then for anybody in the future, you, you know, don't let them directly reach you. Right. Yeah. So the thing about setting up some kind of like welcome emails, like, hey, here's how we communicate. Here is how perfect. You know, yeah, things like that. So even though they don't read the dang thing, yeah, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> that, that sounds very that that sounds organized to me when you said it, when you say it like that. Yeah, welcome email. Definitely when we bring on we onboard new clients. Um, yeah, I think that those are my main questions. Yeah, just setting standards with communication. Um, I've had a kind of a fear of setting like, you know, the, the, having like a certain tower time where I batch my emails because let's just say something happens on a show and something wasn't supposed to go out and it right. did right. or something like that. And it's a kind of a kind of an emergency. Um, so I guess that's that's where my project manager would step in and like take care of that so i can Absolutely. batch my emails and e- and text and and that person would be i mean maybe not but maybe you give them permission to text you mm-hmm. and they're the only ones that can text you if and only if there is a like everybody's tried everything and you know it's got can, it's boiled up to you right got it cool man okay, how, are you, I mean, how are you feeling i feel much much uh, a lot more weight off my shoulders now <laughs> good <laughs> you know what's um, the biggest takeaway for you uh, yeah, I think the biggest takeaway is what we're just talking about, just setting the client expectations, the communication, because I'll have so many different, um, you know, it's conversations with people and clients going on. It's overwhelming in my head, mm-hmm. especially in my inbox as well. So it just turned into a giant stress um, that leads into procrastination. So I think that's the biggest one is trying to systematize that uh, entire communication system. Yeah, I love it. It sounds perfect. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, awesome. thank you for, uh, for for being here. Where can people find out more about you? What, what Where do you offer your services at? Um, and, and we'll follow up with you in, in, in a later episode, maybe. Absolutely. Um, so the best place right now would be to go to the fpdc.co. That's the Fitness Podcasters Development Center. Um, and Or just Instagram, you know, at uh, Luis Ryan Diaz. Probably the best way. Cool. Um, and yeah, Pat, thank you so much for your help. Um, I'm going to be in podcast movement too, so I'll see you there. I will see you there. Sweet. Awesome. Thanks, awesome. man. Take care. Good yep. luck. Yep. Enjoy your day. Thanks. All right. I hope you enjoyed that call with Luis Diaz, and uh, I'm just super stoked for his business now that 
these systems are going to be put into place. And not only that, I think I just want to hone in on that very important point that we just talked about at the end there, and that's client expectations. Setting those expectations up front keeps you in control, and that allows you to guide the conversation and to better run your business. That's the difference between scrapping entrepreneur, which is how we all start, versus CEO and actually running your company, not having your company run you. Lewis, great job, and thank you all for listening. And again, if you want to apply to get coaching just like Lewis did today, all you have to uh, all you have to do to go to do that is go to I said go like five times in that sentence. <laughs> We're just going to keep that in because this is real life. Go to askpat.com, hit the button to apply there, and uh, I'll ask you a few questions. You type them in, and if uh, I reach out to you, we're going to schedule a call. I cannot possibly take everybody because there are hundreds of uh, applicants every single month, but hey, if you don't try, you don't get right. So askpat.com, that's where you go, and all you have to do right now, if you haven't done so already, is hit subscribe on that play button or that that player of yours, uh, iTunes, uh, Overcast, uh, CastBox, wherever you're listening, Hit subscribe so you can get the next episodes coming your way automatically and obviously for free. And do that now, and um, we'll all be happy. So thanks again. I appreciate you, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of Ask Pat 2.0.